This is Uncle Steve's son, Noah. He told me to tell you that the show is starting right now. Welcome to episode 43, edit part two of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. I've got a question for you. Edit, what do Can I Play With Madness, Lost for Words, and Sea of Madness all have in common, besides being Iron Maiden songs? Hmm. Okay, let me give you another, I'll give you a hint. I'm going to ask you another question, but this question should give you a hint. Edit. What do Brighter Than a Thousand Suns, Brave New World, and No More Lies have in common besides just being Iron Maiden songs? Okay, if you haven't figured it out yet, I'll just tell you. These are all track number three on their respective albums. That's going to be the theme here on The Zone for a little bit. I hope you like them because you're going to hear a lot about them. I've gathered together some of my favorite alumni from the past episodes and brought them on here to discuss the five number three songs from the classic 80s era of the band, as well as the post-2006 man band era. All right, let me thank those that shared last week's episode as well as the special Friday episode that came out on Friday. Yeah, yeah, that was it, Friday. Okay, those that shared part one of Ranking Maiden Song 3 Edition on Twitter are as follows. Andy from Falkirk, UK. Luis Mariano from Venezuela. Georgie Whitnall's dad who lives in Australia and the Liverpool Scousers, Stephanie Jane Gray and Don McIntyre. On Facebook, it was also shared by the Liverpool Scousers again, and Melissa in Boston. My special Friday episode, Deja Vu, This Isn't Real, This Is Only a Dream, was shared on Facebook by the Liverpool Scousers, surprise, and surprise, Melissa in Boston. On Twitter, it was shared by the following kind people. Andy in Falkirk, UK, the Liverpool Scousers again, Sonia Whitnall's husband, who lives in Australia, Luis Mariano in Venezuela, Alejandra, who lives in Italy, and oddly enough, 
by Wayne, the host of Wayne's Iron Maiden podcast in Birmingham, England. Once again, thank you all so much for sharing. Quickly, this week in the United States and some other parts of the world that I'm not sure of that I don't live in, uh, we celebrate Thanksgiving. It's a time of year when we're supposed to give thanks for the things we are thankful for. I am thankful for a lot of things, for my family, music, of course, having a home to sleep in, warm water to bathe in, heating and air conditioning where I live, a job. Even if you aren't in this part of the world, it's always a good time to be thankful for what you have. And if anything, if anything, this garbage year has proven even more so. Be thankful for what you do have. Be thankful for the people you have. Be thankful for the friends you have. Time is short, and we should uh, appreciate what we have here. Oh, yeah. One more thing that I'm thankful for is you. Yes, you. I'm thankful that you lend me your ear and listen to my nonsense. You share the podcast, and you interact with me on Twitter Facebook a little bit. You are all a part of the Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone family. So thank you very much. Whew. Okay, enough of the sappiness. Let's get on with the show. Okay, if you listen to part one, you already know what's going on here. But if not, first of all, if not, stop what you're doing and go back and listen to part one. So you'll know what's going on here. But even if you don't want to do that and you want to be a rebel, I can totally relate. So if you want to be a rebel and you want to start here, let me fill you in on what's going on. Before the Knights of the Dead album, which came out on Friday which as of Monday right now, as I'm recording these words, I still don't have my copy and I won't listen to it until I do. I'm stubborn that way. I want the old school experience of listening to it with being able to hold it in my hands. But anyway, before that album came out, before it was released, we discussed the sign of the cross single, got some thoughts and reactions on that, as well as ranking song number three, from the 80s era albums with Bruce and the post 2000 era songs number threes from those albums. I've got two guests this week, so let's get right to guest number one, Alejandra from Costa Rica. All right, I have Alejandra, Alejandra on the line. How are you doing, Alejandra? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Um, and the reason I've got you on the line, which I have explained it to you, but just for uh, for the clarity, I want you to tell me what you think of 
the new sign of the cross single, anything you may think about it. And, um, and then I'll share my thoughts with you, not in depth too much because I've said it already, <laughs> but, uh, if you will, what do you, what are your thoughts on the sign of the cross single? What do you think of it? Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's taken a few, a few listens <laughs> rather to, to get, you know, to, to get more acquainted with it and, and to, to, to have a, a better opinion. But yeah, on, on a first listen, the, the thing that strikes you the most is, you know, just like with the, the previous one with the Aces High, the, the sound of the crowd, right? That's a bit muffled in a way or, um, Actually, if, what I did was I, I actually listened to the to the versions in uh, Rock and Rio and in the, um, uh, Death uh, on the Road uh, for comparison. I mean, you can you can really see the difference in the crowd. You know, you can hear the crowd uh, chanting along and and singing even during the the chorus. You you can hear them uh, distinctly. Whereas, yeah, it, it's is not the case in, in this one. The crowd seems still, you know, very, very low in volume or very, like if they were very far, uh, yeah. like, uh, James described it when we were talking about Aces high. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, the, the band itself sounds, sounds great. I mean, I, I think, uh, the, you know, the, the, the guitars, the, the drums, uh, uh, they, they are playing, you know, you, you can tell they're playing a the top of their game they are they are fantastic and um and yeah i could also hear bruce's voice i mean not his voice exactly but that maybe he was falling behind there there were some parts uh, where, where he was maybe not able to to you know to keep up with the yeah. i don't know i don't know if, if that was just uh, an, an initial impression but um but yeah, maybe he was not up to speed. Let's say to to the. But I mean, it's it's it happens a lot. I think with with Maiden songs. I mean, the the the, the rhythm, you know, the, the pace of the song is really fast, and you know, he just has to, you know, try and, and keep up. So um, did you did you listen yeah. to did you listen to the Rock and Rio version right behind it by chance? Like, did you listen uh, to the new version and then the Rock and Rio version? Yeah, yeah. I I was listening to to both versions yeah back to back and 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 also the death on the road one mm-hmm. why okay okay because well okay because because um i've talked to alan and i talked to kirsty uh-huh. and neither uh-huh. one of them meant neither one of them mentioned that even though they agreed um but mm-hmm. i definitely when i first listened to the new version knights of the dead version i was like it sounds like bruce is kind of having a hard time keeping up right and so mm-hmm. I think Alan had suggested listening to Rock and Rio version as well. Like he, I think he said, "Oh, I'm going to do this and then listen to that right behind it just to compare it." And I thought, "Oh, well, I'll do that." I just I saw it on Twitter. I, I and and he, I think he was the one that said it. So when I listened to the Rock and Rio version, I was like, "Oh, wow!" You, I mean, obviously, there's 20 years difference in age, yeah, and of course, you know, yeah. you know, he's an older guy, so I get that. But I remember at the Dallas show that there were times when he got behind the music or ahead of the music and i just thought that's kind of weird but you know it is what it is but yeah I well, he does that sometimes you know like even even at the end of hollow uh he usually does that you know he tries to he, he changes the the pace of you know yeah of, yeah his, the verses in comparison to the to the recorded version because of course i mean it's it's a really fast-paced song and so i think yeah i mean when you're singing live it, it's going to be more difficult to uh yeah. to keep it up at 
same speed uh, plus in the studio you have a chance to to redo it as many times as you need to you know in order to get it perfect yeah. whereas yeah i guess i guess is- i was just when i listened to the rock and rio version i just thought he and like i said i know he's younger but i just 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 be just doing a you know one-on-one comparison i thought wow he really sounds like he's not struggling but just he's definitely not keeping up as well and then on the mm. rock and rio i mean it's, it's he's got it nailed i mean it's just, it doesn't sound like it's anything and some of like i said some of that might be age but i still i was just like wow and then that and then yeah with the with the with what i thought was weird about the audience was the audience was up high and it seemed like not high but if, at the first beginning of the song it seemed like the audience was a little higher in the mix than they were on Aces High. And then mm-hmm. it seems like all of a sudden you almost just hear the volume kind of get just yeah. pulled, pulled down. And it's weird. I was like, mm. I was like, what's going on here? I don't know what's going on exactly. Yeah. But. yeah I mean, you can only basically hear them at, at the beginning and at the end of the yeah. song a little bit. Like, yeah. It, you don't hear them singing along during the choruses or which you can in in other versions so so yeah i mean it's a shame because if you're you're gonna listen to a live album you you want to hear the audience participate right you want to you want to have that that sort of uh of uh of experience as if you were in the concert you know and 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 listen to the audience so well i think i think iron maiden has spoiled us with like you know you listen to rock and rio or death on the road or in vivo and those albums the crowd is and i really honestly think if you listen to um the uh, Book of Souls, the live chapter, to me, because they went to all these different crowds, the overall crowd on the on that is not as good as as it was on En Vivo, where it was just one place, and and with Rock and Rio and with Death on the Road. So, um, okay. So next thing here, what did you think? Mm-hmm. Okay, not what do you think? We're going to rate song three from just put them in, you know order doesn't have to be your definitive you're gonna you know they're gonna etch this on your uh on your tombstone numbers or just anything like that <laughs> so but uh basically we're gonna go from number of the beast through some uh, seventh son take track okay. three which which we have the prisoner flight of icarus mm-hmm. lost mm-hmm. for words mm-hmm. uh and then the irony I, the funny irony i thought was how many songs does iron maiden have with the word madness in it probably two <laughs> And it's right. <laughs> song three from Somewhere in Time, which is Sea of Madness, and then the same uh, track on Seventh Son, which is Can I Play with Madness? Can I play with Madness? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what we'll do is I'll start out on this one. Uh, I've been doing it. I did it the opposite with uh, Kirsty, but I'll I'll do I'll name my number five, and then you'll name your number five, and then we'll go on. And if you want to explain anything, if you want to say this is why I put this ahead of this or whatever, you can do that as well. So, okay, okay. for me, my number five of the nineteen eighties Iron Maiden albums, my number five is Can I Play with Madness? And yeah. Mine too. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, that's great. That's Mine too. Great. Yeah, you, you know we agree on this one. Yeah, it, it, it's okay. not one of our favorite songs. So yeah, I definitely yeah. had that one at number yeah, five. And, and I, one of the things like for me, I always just said, and I think we probably agree on that. The a one, a two, a one. <laughs> you know, the live versions. I, I don't like the live versions. I don't mind the studio version, but it's it's you know it's not a favorite either. So yeah, okay. the synths. I don't know. The synths just don't do it for me on this song. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Okay, my number four 
is lost for words. Yeah, number four is lost for words too for me. Yeah, I mean, only because, you know, I mean, it's not a bad song. I, I like, actually, I, I was thinking about the, the, the poll that, that we just did, you know, and huh? that you posted. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I listened to, to, the, to, to all the, the instrumentals that, that were in the poll. And no, I mean, it's, it's a pretty good song. I, I, I like it. I enjoy it. But, but of yeah. course, you know, I, I prefer a song with, with lyrics and, and, and to sing yeah, along. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I can only imagine how good it would be if it did have lyrics. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, uh, number three. My number three is. Wait a minute. Let's see here. We got. I've done this three times. I should know my number three. My number three. Oh, oh boy. My number three is Flight of Icarus. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a problem here. <laughs> <laughs> I just okay. remembered that. What is your number problem three? Here. My number three would be The Prisoner. The prisoner. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a song that's that's grown on me, you know, but uh -huh. still is not is not. I wouldn't say is one of my favorites, but I mean, it's a, it's a good song, of course. And, yeah, uh, I enjoy listening to it. Um, but yeah, no, I, for me, that would be number three out of those five. Okay. See, I always thought I always liked the prisoner to a degree, but I don't remember loving it. And I remember one day, sometime like in the last year or two, just listening to it, and all of a sudden it just struck me of like how awesome it was. I was just like, Oh my God, this is like an epic, really good song. And, mm -hmm. and so it's, it's, it moved up the, the, my level of like a certain point this year, but it was weird. Cause I've all these years, it's just always been kind of like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> okay. Now, now my number two and number one, because if I say my number two, you'll know it, the number one. So mm -hmm. my number two is the prisoner. And my number one is sea of madness. Right. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to argue with that because I love Sea of Madness and it's yeah. my number two. The only reason why it's number two is because my number one is Flight of Icarus. And, you know, that's like one of my top ten maiden songs. So, yeah. Or well, it yeah. is one of your, yeah, yeah. your top. If, no matter yeah, my top ten or, or, yeah, even number one. I mean, it could easily be number one, yes. Uh, even, because, though, uh, even though Wayne was dissing it? <laughs> yeah, kind of, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, have a so tell me why is it your why is that why do you like that song so much uh well i told you you know the the, the theme of course the the mythology theme and uh i mean of course the the song itself is is great it, i love yeah. the riff you know i love the the you know towards the end after the last chorus when you know the riff starts again and you can hear bruce sing that last note and he holds oh, yeah. it for like um, I don't know. It seems for like forever. I, I just love that 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 part of the song and, and the song in general. I mean, it's a short song actually. Yeah. Uh, I think it I'm is. gonna have to to make a 45 minute uh, version <laughs> of it. Though it is because yeah. I mean it's only three minutes and a bit. So yeah, I mean, it's it's rather short for for maiden standards and and yeah, I could definitely use a longer version. Yeah, and yeah. and Sea of Madness I've always loved and I love. Uh, I love all the different, you know, changes in 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 pace and the, yeah. uh, you know, the 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 bit with the guitars that are, you know, slower and the, you know, sort of intermission in, in there and yeah, yeah, I mean, I I really like that song too. So yeah. Do you? Let me ask you this because um, I I've always liked Sea of Madness better than Wasted Years and better than Stranger in a Strange Land, but. I do you, I've always felt like Sea of Madness seems almost like a little bit of a continuation of Wasted Years, like it's part two. 
because mm. it's kind of it's on a person because it's a song that's kind of on a personal level as well. Right. Right. Yeah. I've always kind of thought that it was, you know, wasted years is the happier sounding part of it, and then see if like a continuation theme. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's a it's a great song. Yeah, I I love it. Definitely one one of my favorites from. Oh yeah. From somewhere in time. So. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. So and that. Okay. Wait a minute. Somewhere in time was your first new iron maiden album correct because you got in yep. on live after death that's really mm-hmm. funny because <laughs> i've talked to alan and kirsty and that was their mm-hmm. first new iron maiden album that was my first new iron maiden album too that's wow. funny yeah. that's funny so it's like we all got to amazing more or less at the same time yeah yeah that's really mm-hmm. cool okay now now we're gonna skip ahead uh let's see that would be 12 years we're gonna skip up ahead to 2000 and we're gonna rank mm-hmm. the number three songs from Brave New World through Book of Souls. And those songs will be, let's see, we got the title track, Brave New World. We've mm-hmm. got uh, No More Lies from Dance of Death. We've got Brighter mm-hmm. Than a Thousand Suns from A Matter of Life and Death. We've got Mother of Mercy from, um, what's the album called? <laughs> Final Frontier. And we've Frontier. got, what's, and what's the last one called? Great Unknown. The Great Unknown. Holy. I'm going to sound like an idiot because every time I do this, I can't remember the title, title of that song. And it's not even my lowest ranked one. So, okay. So this time, I want you to rank your, we'll do it the same way, but you'll go first this time. You tell me I'll your number first. five. Okay. So my number five is Mother of Mercy. Yeah, but I think only because um, I have listened to it less. I, you know, Final Frontier is not an album that I've listened to a lot. I'm not too too familiar with it, but um, yeah. So so for me, that that would be the the last one. I mean, it's not yeah, it's not a song that I remember particularly. It's not a song that you know sticks out uh, mm, particularly. Wow. So so yeah. I mean, uh, at least so far, that that's my impression. So okay, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> I can see. Okay, that's, okay. Uh, that's good. I, I I I can respect your opinion. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, for me. My number five is going to be No More Lies. Right. I, I And here's my comparison. My short, I'll do a sh- real short comparison because I said this to somebody else too. Here, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, here's the chorus of No More Lies. I'll, I'll, I'll talk the chorus mm-hmm. of No More Lies real quick for you. No, no more, more lies. lies. No more lies. <laughs> no more lies. No more lies. No more lies. No more lies. Uh, what's the next <laughs> one? No more lies. If, if you if you if you thought about the chorus of uh, Brave New World, it's exactly the same. It's Brave New World, a Brave New World, a Brave New World. No, I mean, no, it, no, it's a, in a Brave New World, a Brave New <laughs> oh. World. You know, they, there's a little bit of change, but you now you can right. listen to the chorus of Mother of Mercy, Mother of Mercy, Angel of Death's Desire, Mother of Mercy. Oh gosh, I can't. How do you say the next line? I know. I I don't even remember. Like that's yeah, what I'm saying. Song that I've yeah. listened to a lot and it hasn't stuck with me. Like I, in this moment, yeah. if you ask me to the chorus, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it because it's, it hasn't stuck in my head. So I know it, yeah, it's definitely not looked at as highly by Iron Maiden fans for some reason. I'm not really sure why. Um, I that's one of my very favorite songs off that album. Okay, so let me let me let me okay. not get into a let me not 
not going to a rage here or anything. <laughs> so, okay, you, you said, okay, mine <laughs> okay. was no more lies. Now, no, okay, what's number four? <laughs> what, okay. What's your, what's your number four? Okay, my number four would be the great unknown. The, the great, great unknown. Okay. That's my mm -hmm. number four as well. I, I think that's a great song. Um, mm -hmm. but, but I think the other songs are just even better. So what is your number three then? So my number three would be No More Lies. No More Lies. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, how does the, do you, okay. know how the do you know all the words of the chorus on that one? <laughs> yeah. All of them. No More all, Lies. All three? I know all <laughs> I three words. <laughs> I'm just very listening to me singing. But I, I do remember the chorus in that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um. Yeah, my number three is going to be the title track from Brave New World. <gasps> yeah, yeah, Seriously? Yeah. Yes, <gasps> dead serious. Dead serious. Mother of oh, Mercy wow. is ranked higher. <laughs> <gasps> oh, wow. Uh, okay. Okay, so now I want, you <laughs> I want you to give me your number two and your number one. It's funny because my number three shocked you the other time, too. So what is right. your... Number two and number one, number three song. <laughs> okay, so my number two would be Brighter Than a Thousand Suns. Wow. Uh, and my number one would be Brave New World, yeah. Yeah, I know you love uh, Matter of Life and Death, so I'm thinking that's going to be your Ooh. number one. Of course, yeah, okay. So yeah, my number two is Mother of Mercy. And the reason I like Mother of Mercy so much, one thing that I really love about it is, is it's a war song. And mm. I... I, I said this with Alan, but I'll have to say it here, too. Um, one of my absolute favorite lines from the song, and you know, maybe this will resonate with you when you listen to it again. You'll go, oh, yeah, that really is a cool line. But, but there's a part of the song where you know, it's from the perspective of a soldier. And he says, uh, I'm just a lonely soldier fighting in a bloody, hopeless war. Don't know what I'm fighting, who it is, or what I'm fighting for. I thought it was for money. Now I'm not so sure. I seem to just have lost my way. And I'm like, that's got to be how some of those, you know, because, you know, people in the old wars, in the World War I, World War II era, you know, some of them, I'd probably say going back to World War I era more, but they got into it for money. You know, they signed up thinking, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll sign up for the army, I'll make some money, and then I'll, they had no idea that they were going to be, you know, basically, getting into. <laughs> yeah, live through, you know, live through hell, you know, on earth. And, um, but I love that mm. lyric, and. And I know I, I told Alan, I said I was taking the lyrics into consideration probably a little bit more than I should. But that plays a part in the song, too. So, and Yeah, definitely. No, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, you can definitely change your mind after paying more attention to the lyrics. And yeah, yeah they can resonate with you and they can, yeah, definitely uh, lead to, you know, to a better enjoyment of the song. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to pay more attention to the lyrics uh, of Mother yeah. of Mercy from. I promise. Okay. It's, it's I might I, mean, I might change. <laughs> we were we were trying to figure out what the very first war song was by Iron Maiden and I'm wanting to say I don't I don't really count Run to the Hills because it's you know it's a story about the Native Americans and uh, I guess the what the cowboys or whatever settlers and then mm. but we well would it be or no We be, were think I think oh, the for, the the only reason it wouldn't be the trooper is because um, where Eagles Dare is ahead of it. Oh, okay. So, mm. so we we that's kind but, of what we figured, but that's mm. more but, based on a, on a film. I mean, it's not really based on a on a. True, true, but it's, it's about, a film but, about war. 
But it is about, I guess it's, a, yeah, maybe the trooper is probably a better answer. That's what I said at first, and then I was like, well, where eagles dares about a, you know, a guy flying, you know, I guess. Uh, but anyway, yeah, but you're right, it's, it's about a movie, too, so way to, way to debunk us already here. <laughs> uh, but no, for me, uh, Brighter Than a Thousand Suns, obviously, when I listened to, last night when I was listening to A Matter of Life and Death, I just, every, that song... The album is very cohesive and the songs kind of seem to run together because everything is so perfect to me on that album. And I'm just like trying last night. I was trying to pay attention to what song, you know, once I get past like number two, I'm like, okay, what's the next song? What's the next song? That's the next song. And what number is what's what song number six? I can't even remember. And, and then, um, so I started doing that and then I was trying to think of something to do to talk. I was like, yeah, maybe doing, then I thought track three and I started going through all the track threes and I was like, Oh wow. Track three is a lot of great track three. So I said, that sounds yeah, fun. And yeah. I'm a little disappointed that you decided to leave out, uh, some of the other albums because for example, I have, I afraid to shoot strangers, which is one of my favorite songs. <laughs> it's, a, it's a song that I love. And that's the third song from fear of the dark. So yeah, I was a little disappointed to learn that we were not going to rank that one. Well, yeah, I just, but I, want, I wanted to do five. I wanted to do two sets of five. So yeah. yeah, I thought if, I thought if we do the classic era and then if we just skip up to the next, cause to me, if you do, well, if you go no prayer, Fear of the Dark, uh, Virtual Eleven, and, and X Factor, those are all, okay, like for me, those would all, those four would be my bottom four albums if I was mm. putting them one through 16. And I just thought, let's do the classic era because what's, what's song number three on Fear of the Dark? Uh, afraid to Shoot Strangers. No, 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 that's on No, pr no Prayer. No, no prayer is uh, no prayer for the dying is is number three. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm okay. I've mm -hmm. got my, my wires crossed here. Okay, yeah. I mean, those are both good songs too. So yeah, yeah. I. Uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. And and then running running free is also a number three track, which again, you know. And then I really murders like. and the, I guess if mm -hmm. you count Ides of March, then it would be murders in the room work. So yeah, I don't know. I I just thought that it would be the five and the five and. Um, cause I want to rank the albums personally. I want to rank mm -hmm. the, the last five and then I want to rank the middle, the, the, the middle or the, uh, the classic era five. And I think that'll help me come to grips with what my ordering for maiden albums would be. If I wanted to rank them one through 16, because right. those are the, those are the hardest ones, but I already know what my number one is. So that's, a, that's a start. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I know, I know that you, I know that you got to hop up here because you got to, you have to do some teaching here in a few minutes. So, yes, yes, but, but it was great talking to you. Thank yeah, you for thank, calling. Thank you for your time. <laughs> yeah, thank you for your time, and um, we will talk again soon. No problem. <laughs> All right, take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, my next guest is Paul from sunny Southern California. I have Paul from Southern California on the line with me. Paul, how are you doing? I'm great, Steve. Thank you for having me back again. Yeah, no problem. Glad to have you. Um, I reached out because we're going to talk about a few different things that, that we're talking about here, but the sign of the cross first. So t I want you to tell me, what are your thoughts on the new sign of the cross single from the Knights of the Dead live album? Oh, I am 
I enjoy it quite a bit. Um, I'll, I'll try to take this angle on it. My, um, I heard it before I was over at a family dinner and my sister's boyfriend actually was like, yeah, I sent it to her the other, I sent it to, he sent it to my sister the other day and he was like, I'm amazed at how good they still sound live. And I'm like, yeah, especially I had commented how on the legacy of the beast tour, their sound designer, they really need to keep him. Cause I don't think they have the same guy that they did from the the eighties or even the early two thousands. Cause they had a yeah. lot of issues in the, in the interim, but everything's, everything was quite clear on this particular version. I think I noticed some, a couple of sound things that maybe it's because of what I'm listening it uh, right. to it on, but it sounds like I can really hear the drums, vocals, and bass really clear. Uh-huh. But the guitars sound only slightly pulled back. Like, I remember reading the forums back in the day where uh, it always sounds like Dave's guitar is a little quieter live than Adrian and Yannick's. Except for the solos on this. I can I can hear that pretty well. Yeah. I still do prefer the Rock and Rio version a little bit. But sure, what I love sure. about this version in particular is how uh, Bruce kind of adds his own spin to it this time, where he goes a little higher on the the fire in the sky. He he does his own in his own way. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah I like. That. And I also love how um, I also love how Adrian lately he's been adding like a fatter bottom end. I don't know if it's him down tuning or not, but he plays like the same licks as Dave and Yannick, but like an octave lower. Uh-huh. And you can notice this a lot on In Vivo too, uh, where it's slightly clearer than Rock and Rio. But I'm excited for this album, you know, because there's a lot of, um, except for you know the four or five mainstays like Beast Trooper, Hallowed, uh, maybe Evil That Men Do, because they've had that on a lot of a lot of live albums. But most of this they haven't really they haven't really had on a live album either before or a long time. Like the last time flight of Icarus was on a live album was live after death. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which was almost uh, five years. It'll be 40 years old. I think. Yeah, exactly. 30, 35 years. Yeah, you're right. That's yeah. Cause yeah we, and, uh, go ahead. And uh, Bruce was saying in the promo, how they've never had greater good of God on a live album, which right. This is like a finally type moment. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, they. Uh, where? You, well, you think about it, they. You know, you revelations. When revelations was that on uh, flight six six six? It was. It had a pretty good version on that one. Okay, I, I'm like I said, I'm not as familiar with with flight six six six, so I can't remember. But you know, and then uh, where eagles dare? I don't think that has that ever been on anything. It's on one of the '90s albums. It's on um, oh, um, a real live. a real dead one or whatever. Yes, it's on one of the one of those a real live okay. or a real dead one. Flight Six 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 had Aces High, Two Minutes, mm-hmm. Hallowed Iron Maiden, Beast, and um, it did have Revelations and Trooper. Yeah, so it's and... a decent chunk. Where Eagles yeah. has been a, a while. Clansman was last on Rock and Rio, so that's mm-hmm. almost. That's twenty years old, pretty much, yeah. almost. Yeah. Same, Same with sign of the my, cross. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, uh, that was. Let me ask you, when you, because you saw that tour, correct? 
Uh, which one? The Le- Legacy of the Beast. Yeah, I saw the Legacy. So when you went to the show, were you, did you already know what they were going to play, or was it? Did you were you able to be surprised by it? No, I did know what were they were going to play because they had the set list reveal on the official website. Oh, okay, so yeah, I, I avoided it. Was... <laughs> I I, uh, I got off all social media. I, I deleted Iron Maiden from all social media because I saw that they were going to play Flight of Icarus. I saw that, and I was like, they're going to announce the whole set list, and I thought, I don't want to know. I want this to be like when I saw them back in the nineties and the, you know, and on the seventh sun tour. So they did it for book of souls too. Actually. I think by that yeah. point they realized that hey, everyone's going to know the set list coming in anyways. So, yeah. And, and I did, I knew it going into book of souls. I knew the whole, I remember when they came on for their encore and they played, there was, they played something and and I remember the guy behind me going, "Oh, that this is it. This is the last song." And I and I remember turning. Around, I go, "No, they're going to play Blood Brothers next." <laughs> and Spoiler like, alert! <laughs> I know it's like, and I thought, "What a what a jerk!" You know, what a jerk I was. Yeah. But but when I went yep. to this tour, when I went to the tour, I didn't know. I mean, I knew that they were playing. I knew Aces High was opener because I'd seen something, and I knew Flight of Icarus, and you know, I figured. Fear of the Dark, The Trooper, Hallowed Be Thy Name, uh, probably you know a couple other ones that I, you know, thought well, you know, Iron Maiden. I thought there's probably some for sure's, but the three tracks that surprised me the absolute most, like where I just could not believe it, was for the greater good of God, uh, the Klansman, and Sign of the Cross. So, I. I was elated when each time one of those songs started, I just, I was just like, Oh my God, I cannot believe they are playing, you know, hearing the little bass intro on the Klansman. I was just like, I can't believe I'm at the concert and they're playing this. It was amazing. But, uh, yeah, it was great to hear that. Like even knowing that they were going to play them, I don't think detracted from hearing those rarities at all, especially where, where Eagles dare and flight of Icarus. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. although I think I might have to actually try and and avoid the set list for whatever the next touring cycle will be, because because of the fact that Bruce has acknowledged that they will play Alexander the Great at some point, I'm like, yeah. okay, now I really have to now I really have to avoid it because I don't want, I would love to just hear the opening, and and hear the whole court. Well, at least. The die, you know, the diehards would be com- oh, yeah. completely awestruck if they ever hear that live and don't know it and don't know it's coming. Because if oh, you ever listen yeah. to like YouTube video footage and you can hear the microphone pick up somebody in the crowd going, they're playing this song next or they're playing this song next, oh, it kind of kills the experience a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, shut up. You know, just come on. <laughs> Have you ever seen the, um, there was some video footage. I, we may have discussed this before, but uh, if we have, if we didn't, then there was a there's a video where they're playing the Klansman, and Bruce just says, "Hey, I got an idea," you know, and he goes, "No, no, we can't let them take anymore. No, we can't let them take anymore." And then he goes, "Alexander the Great." <laughs> have you heard that? <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, you mentioned it last time we talked. Oh, actually, oh yeah, okay, that that makes me laugh remember. so hard. Because you know uh, he, that 
people are out there yelling for it, and like you said. And he'll actually, I think in Greece during the Summer Back in Time tour, he had them sing it a cappella for some reason when the power went out. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a, somewhere online. I have not seen that. That's that's really interesting. Yeah. He only I, has I'm, to sing the chorus because it's like, okay, we're in Greece, so it makes sense. Right, right, right. I, do you really – okay, just do you really think they're going to really play it? I, re, I don't think they will. I just don't think they – I don't think they will add it to the set list because they've never yes. played it. They've never yes played it. Yes and no because, okay, two of the members have actually – Nico and Bruce have both said Nico wants to play it. Bruce says yeah. they will. I think it right. kind of comes down to maybe Steven Rod a little bit, but it is really difficult to pull off, especially in that middle section. Because it's a very weird timing. Yeah, and it's it's real quiet. It's, it's something like playing it, um, "Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner." I mean, if they, to me, if they can pull "Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner" off, then they can pull Alexander the Great off. Absolutely, but, I think but, that "Stranger in a Strange Land" and possibly, possibly caught somewhere in time. Okay, well, let me, that would okay, be I'll, a good. Let me ask you. I'll ask you a question. I did. I do. Um, I know you're not on Twitter, but on my Twitter page for the podcast, I do. I do polls all the time, and I did a poll the other day, and I picked three songs from somewhere in time, and I said, if if the band reached out to you and asked you to choose one of these songs to hear when you go to the concert tonight, which song are you going to pick? And the three choices I gave were, and I couldn't give ones that I knew would just explode and win you know like if you do alexander the great everyone's gonna pick it if you do stranger in a strange land everyone's gonna pick it so i said you got these are your three choices sea of madness deja vu and rhyme of the ancient oh, no 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 i'm no no i'm rhyme of the ancient mariner uh the loneliness of the long distance runner if if you could choose one of those songs like if you were going to a show the next time they came and you got a text message and just said hey it's Ari." Here's these three songs, and we're going to play one tonight just for you. Which one are you going to pick? You pick it, we're playing it. Which one are you <laughs> picking? Oh, I'd still say, like I said last time, Deja Vu. Deja Vu. Okay, I was thinking that you might say that. So, yeah, I, I think... Just because you've never heard... They've never actually played that one live, and Madness, they had. Yeah, but aside I mean, from Deja Vu, I would probably pick uh, Infinite Dreams and... Well, and here's one here's one that might not be a popular choice. I'd pick Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter. <laughs> yeah, that's I actually like that song. <laughs> My friend Mark, um, I had him on one time and or actually we weren't even doing that. We were talking one on the phone one time and I was because I've I've been trying to get him to listen to all these albums. He's not a big Iron Maiden fan, and so he was listening to No Prayer and he goes, Man, can I ask you a question? I said, Yeah, he goes. That's, he goes, that song, Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter? He goes, yeah, he goes, man, that song is terrible. That's the worst song I've ever heard about. Of all these albums I've listened to, he was like, why, what's the deal with that? And I was just like, okay. Bruce recorded that for A Nightmare on Elm Street. And, and as soon as I said that, he goes, okay, okay, okay. That makes a little more sense because, you know, it's cheesy. And he goes, I can understand that a little bit. And I said, of course, you know, that... Steve Harris liked it. He wanted to record it. And then I said, the funny thing about it is it's the only Iron Maiden song that ever went number one in the UK. <laughs> Oddly enough. So, but, uh, it's, what? it's cheese, but it's good cheese as Josh would say. I yeah. love that. Uh, 
the middle part where it goes ah, oh, yeah, it yeah. worked really well in a crowd. If you they had the oh, last yeah, time they played yeah. it was 2003, and it comes off really good live. And oh, clearly, yeah, yeah. Mark hasn't heard the apparition. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, you know what? I'm trying to think if he had heard it or not, but I, I don't think maybe he hadn't heard it yet. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, he hadn't heard that or Weekend Warrior. Or, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, but it. I, I do like the song. I mean, I don't. I don't hate it, but you know, it definitely is not in the upper pantheon of songs either. So. Um. Oh no! Somewhere in the middle for me. I um. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I would um. I have to say thank you to that uh, second part of Bark at the Moon episode for. I had an Aussie playlist that the only song I had on it from that album was Bark at the Moon, but I was uh, like, oh no, I actually remember liking You're No Different and. Uh, oh yeah. Waiting for Darkness. Yeah. So thank you for that. Hey, you're welcome. I love those songs. And Mark, he was making me so mad talking about. Uh, he kept calling it a, a Casio keyboard on, on, on You're No Different. Oh. And I was just like, I was like, yeah, it's a little bit cheesy, but I mean, man, I've just been listening to it since I was, you know, 13 years old. I love it. So, Oh, some of the best 80s songs have keyboards sent all over the place. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, well, I, I can't wait what. for you guys to do, um, what do you call it? Break, not breaking the rules. No rest for the wicked and no more tears. I'll tell you I, what, I, man. Uh, because I, I, we've been going in order and so the next one would be the ultimate sin i was and then and then no rest for the wicked i don't even know if i want to do no more tears <laughs> i just don't even like it as much anymore it's it's novel in the sense that it was zach's first album with them i well that that was no rest for the wicked oh that's that right was, no rest was before so yeah yeah my playlist like for ozzy my playlist for Ozzy isn't very uh, extensive. It's only got probably about 10 to 15 songs on it. I really stop after No More Tears, which now that you yeah. mentioned, I think I only have the title track on there because everything after it just doesn't do it for me after No More Tears because it's it's not Jake. And I think Jake has earned as much of his keep in Ozzy oh, as, Randy, as Randy has, although Sharon would tell you otherwise. Oh, yeah, 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 I agree. Well, I'll, t I'll tell you this. Um, the album that came out after uh, No More Tears is called Osmosis. And I, I like that album better than I like No More Tears. There's some really, you know, Perry Mason's a little cheesy, but uh, there's, I'm trying to think of the name of some of the songs I'm right now I'm on top of my head. Uh, there's, um, uh, I think, See You on the Other Side is on that album. It's which is you know a little balladish, but um, there's one called I, I think it's called I Just Want You, which is is really good. There's some really good songs. I I, I think I want. I don't know if we're gonna get to that album or not ever, because right now we got a long way to go to get to that. Um, there's a couple of really corny songs on it, but I tell you what, I, I like that album better than two years. So. But okay. that's, you know, for what it's worth. Okay, uh, so i tell you what. Let's go ahead and get to the, these uh, rankings. I know, I know, like you said earlier, you got a limited time. Yeah, let's do it. I know we're going to put... Here, here.
So, <laughs> so um, we'll go uh, five. We'll do like I said. We'll do five and five and four and four. So excuse me, I'm going up a hill. It's got kind of a bad. Success. I think I might be going up now. Can you hear me? A little better now. Yeah, you were patchy for a second there. Yeah, I'm going up a hill, so it's uh, but I am going upward, and I, my my bars just came up a little. A little bit, but uh, so what is your number five, number three song from the classic era in the 80s? This will make you happy. Uh, my number five for the classic track threes are is Can I Play with Madness? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, well, uh, for me, uh, do you, well, you want to add anything to it? Do you want to add any comments to it? Um, Sort of. Okay, so when I when I rank my albums, I do like say I'm comparing somewhere in time to Seventh Son. I'll how I choose that I prefer an album is I kind of put track one to versus track one. I think you did this actually with uh with Power Slave versus Number of the Beast. I did. I did. So I'll I'll concede that Moonchild would probably beat uh caught somewhere in time. Uh, with with madness versus madness, coincidental that they're both track three. I know. I, I thought think, that was funny. I think can I play with madness has the edge of being slightly catchier, but I also really latch on to guitars on a song because there's a lot of Maiden songs where half the song the guitars are really taking you on the musical journey, and they're almost a voice in and of themselves. So. What I love a little bit more about Sea of Madness isn't so much the the verses, because I think the storytelling on Madness is better. But when I look into it, that mi- that middle section of Sea of Madness, the or the chorus, the like the eagle and the dove, that yeah, it's yeah. such a unique chorus. And it, and then when it gets quiet to that middle section, that that really beautiful quiet part, I'm like. Wow, no other Maiden song really sounds like that. That, and I just that makes me want to choose Sea of Madness every time. And like you said, with Can I Play with Madness, it doesn't come off as well live as the studio version. Which, not yeah. every song is going to be a winner live. So, sure, yeah, okay, well, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. My number five is also Can I Play with Madness, and it's I, I've said I. You know, I've been saying I say the same thing to everybody, but you know the the layered chorus on the album is not they've never been able to duplicate it live and I don't like the way it sounds live. It's 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 a poppier song. It's catchier for sure. But and, it, and like I said the story is it's, it's it's part of a good story. There's certain parts of the song that are great. You know, the the lyrics are great, you know, just the, as far as the story, but yeah, I just I just don't like it better than any of the other ones, so so that's a pretty uh it's pretty simple. That was an easy choice for number five for me. <laughs> All right. So what about number four? Where would you where would you put at number four? For me, number four is Lost for Words. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And even though it has no words, um still a really fun cracking song, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a great if this were a rank if this were a ranking of the instrumentals, I think Transylvania would probably be at number one. But uh yeah, this is a really good song. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a it's fun to listen to. You know, I mean, there's a lot of good dual solos, a lot of good musical interludes and things that go on in it. And 
likewise, I have that as my number four as well. So, um, yeah, and did you peek you know, my notes? <laughs> I was, I was, uh, yeah, I was looking ahead of time. <laughs> uh, oh, another thing I noticed about this. Um, so, yeah. wasted years is obviously on the next album, but I mm-hmm. think similar to that that uh, main riff on Two Minutes to Midnight, how there's like seventeen songs with that same riff. Yeah. Yeah, that descending uh, wasted years riff that do 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 is in like three or four other maiden songs, and it's in here as well, a little quicker. It's uh-huh. almost the same pace as Clansman as Clansman has it too. It has the do 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 do, not quite yeah. the same notes, but you know they find a way to sneak it in there a little bit. Oh yeah, well as long as you come up with it, then there's nothing wrong with that. So. And, and, you know, they all, all these guys borrow from different people. So, but yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So, uh, what would your number three, number three be? <laughs> uh, number three, number three for me is Sea of Madness. Oh, wow. That's surprising. I would have thought for you, that would have been a, okay. So, uh, any explanation? Or you just want um, to- well, I'll, when I get to my number two, I can probably explain a little more, but, uh, okay. it's, okay. Probably my. Th- How do I put this? So if I were to rank all the songs on somewhere in time, I think "Wasted Years" and "Alexander the Great" would probably be at the top. Uh, okay. Just because a song is lower tier on the album doesn't ne- doesn't necessarily make it a bad song. But when you're putting oh, it yeah. against the, when you put it against a couple other classics that happen to be track three on other classic Maiden albums. You just can't oh, deny yeah, the, yeah. the grandness of something. It's like putting Trooper or Fear of the Dark against, say, uh, maybe greater, uh, maybe this will be bold, greater good of God or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it, so, I mean, it's to say you like one of these better than the other is definitely not a slap to the other one. It's just, they're all great songs. So, it, you know, what I always say, I've never written a song as good as any of these songs. I, I was telling someone the other day, we were talking about uh, Bruce Dickinson's uh, Tattooed Millionaire album, and I said, I've never even written a song as good as Zulu Lulu, but, you know, <laughs> still. <laughs> I said, and I never will. So I still uh, listen to the song Tattooed Millionaire quite a bit, along with uh, From Balls to Picot. Well, Tears of the Dragon is one of his classics. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like a lot of, I like a good amount of Balls to Picasso. Uh, the, from Tattooed, I like I like the title. Uh, my favorite song is Born in 58. I like Son of a Gun. Um, and I, I used to like the song No Lies, the last song. I used to like that a lot. And now I just don't really... It, 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 to me, it, it hasn't aged well. Just, just doesn't sound as good to me now. But I, I love Born in 58. I think that's a great song. And Son of a Gun... Son of a Gun, you know, you talk about songs that have similar uh, intros. Son of a Gun has the same guitar intro as um, Wasting Love. Uh, a little bit of a similar guitar sound, uh, you know, uh, I guess it wouldn't call it a riff, I guess. But uh, same kind of thing as was it, um, out, of the, uh, out of the Shadows from um, A Matter of Life and Death. They both kind of have a little bit of a certain... You know, whenever out of the shadows gets, you know, it starts. Like, yeah. Da, 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 da. But then when it kicks down, and then they have that little. Dun, 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 you listen to yeah. that, and then listen to that open. 
that sort yeah. of open arpeggiated E yes. key chord, you, I guess. Listen to that, and then listen to "Son of a Gun" right behind it, and it's definitely similar. So, um, I'll have and to. I don't, it's got to be really obvious for me to catch it because I'm not. I don't have the ear to catch that very often. But uh, so for me, let's see. Am I on my number three? Yeah, <laughs> my number three. Okay, I've been. I know what I've been doing with these every time. So uh, I'm trying to think if I want to change it or not. Um, <laughs> You know what? This is the this, this is me and you, this is the last. You're the last person I'm talking to about this. My number three <laughs> is going to be. Oh man, my number three on this one is going to be the prisoner. Okay, and <laughs> the prisoner has made a slow slide down from. Number one to number two to now number three. <laughs> um, I love the song. I think it's an epic. I just, at some point in the last year or two, I was listening to it, and it just really struck me how incredible of a song it is. I've always liked it, but never loved it. And, man, I fell in love with that song, and uh, it's, a, it's a phenomenal song. I can't say, there's nothing bad to say about it. Um, I'm just thinking I'm preferring these other two songs, and I'll tell you why. When we get there. So uh, what is your, it's, yeah, you're going to say yours in a minute. So what's your number two? My number two is the prisoner actually. Okay. So while we're on it. <laughs> yeah, go for uh, it. Yeah. It's a, it's a really fun song to, to play on guitar actually. Um, okay. It's funny how I think Courtney from the Iron Maidens pointed this out when she was on the talking maiden podcast, uh-huh. how your favorite songs to play are not necessarily your favorites to listen to. Like, Makes sense. like I, I'm not as fond of listening to Two Minutes to Midnight or Number of the Beast as much because I've heard them so many times, but sometimes they just hit you. But when I play them, it's like, oh, man. Yeah, Two Minutes to Midnight sounds like it'd be a fun song to play. Yeah, and um, Prisoner is the same is the same way, especially the middle, the middle. Yeah. The only thing that kind of dragged it down for me a little bit slightly is because I don't think they, even back in 2012, I think the pacing is just a little bit too slow. And I don't know if that's down to Nico or, but I do miss the way Clive played it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one thing um, that I, that I was, that's okay. I'll go into this again. I've had, I've had this conversation with people, but I love having this conversation. I, I know that Nico has a, a lot bigger body of work. I mean, you know, he played on, you know, four, what, 13 out of 16 of the studio albums, but I prefer Clive's drumming because, okay, I got to tell this story. I heard an interview recently with Brian Johnson and Angus Young. They were being interviewed together, and, and I'm not the hugest ACDC fan or anything, but I respect them. And so I was listening to this, and, and, Brian Johnson, they asked him a question and he was talk. they were talking about uh, maybe looking for a new drummer or something. And he says, yeah, Phil Ruddy told me one time, you got to watch out for those dental drummers. And he's like, <laughs> he said, I'm like, dental drummers. What are you talking about? A dental drummer? He's like, well, you know, them dental drummers, every time they see a hole, they think they got to fill it. <laughs> so, oh my God. And I heard that. And I was, as soon as I heard that, I was like, that's Nico. He always is, no matter, you know, he's always, and I love Nico. I mean, he's, he's been the drummer of Iron Maiden since I became a fan in the mid-80s. And 
So I love what he does, but when I hear him play Clive Burr stuff, I just, sometimes I just think, why can't you just play it? Why can't you just try to respect the way he played it and play it, you know, the way it was? And just even though he's been there longer, just it'd be nice to hear it played, like you said, the way it was originally played. So, of course, and I think <laughs> it goes to how I'm going to be quoting Nesbitt and Josh here quite a bit again. How you know how they always talk about Blaze should sing the Blaze songs, Paul yeah. Paul should sing Paul and Bruce should sing Bruce because. Bruce only sounds so good to a point where it was a Paul song, or I guess technically yeah. it would be an, it's an, always an Iron Maiden song, yeah. but it's the same with a drummer or a guitarist, you know, Clive was on these songs, some of these songs before Nico was. So oh, Nico's yeah. always going to sound the best on where Eagles dare or something of the sort, whereas oh, sure. Clive will always sound best on hallowed be thy name or Adrian solo will always sound the best as opposed to Yannick trying to fill in one. <laughs> Right, right. But give yeah, give agree. Yannick the respect he deserves. He wrote some of Maiden's best reunion material. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for Which, sure. Which you mentioned the dr- the drumming episode. I think they they broke it down really well on the uh, Phantom of the Opera one as to how Clive is really good at using silence and and play does doesn't overplay. It just plays to what the song needs. Yes. And I don't yes. think they ever got to do the drumming episode, which is why. I yeah. kind of want them to come back to do like an instrument breakdown episode or something of the sort. I digress. Maybe, maybe I can, maybe I can get maybe I can get one of them to come on with me and we can do it. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be cool. Yeah. Be, we'll, uh, I don't know what we'll call it, but we'll we'll come up with something. But yeah, uh, I, I feel the same. Like they, I was listening to an old episode recently. Um, I can't remember which one it was, but they were they uh, they played a clip of when they played Remember Tomorrow sometime in the mid to late 2000s. And the whole time they played it, cause, and the, the focus was supposed to be, listen to how Bruce sounds on this. He sounds really good. And the whole time they were playing it, Nico's doing all these extra things. And I'm just sitting there. And the whole time they played I'll just, I just kept the whole I just kept going, Nico, shut up. Nico, just, just play the song the way it's supposed to be played just play it straight and i was just like oh my god that was terrible i could not believe it it, it and so they get done with the clip and the first thing josh says is oh my god i couldn't even listen to bruce with all that nonsense nico had going on <laughs> and and i was just like well thank god it wasn't just me hearing that because i couldn't believe it how how much he was adding and i just it really um exemplifies how that dental drummer thing, man, it really, it's really true with Nico. And like I said, he's a, he's a phenomenal drummer. I mean, I'm not saying I don't like him or I'm not saying he sucks. I just, sometimes I wish you could just like, if you listen to number of the beast, the drum fills, you know, where, where normally Nico is rolling around the kit on the toms and everything. Clive just do a, he'll just do a snare fill. He'll hit the snare 15 times in a row and then go right back into the beat. And I just think I love that. I just like you, especially on like "Hallowed Be Thy Name." He does that over and over. I just I love that. It's so cool. Or so. just let something ring out where yeah. less is less is more. You know? Yes. Oh yeah, I agree. I play drums some, nowhere near as you know. I I'm, can't even touch a Nico song, but I remember years ago a friend of mine told me that to me it was one of the coolest compliments I ever got as a drummer. He said. He said, you know, one of the best things about your drumming is you know when not to play. 
And I was just like, <laughs> oh, that's really cool. I mean, I've never, I never, I never thought about it that way. He just said, he said, sometimes he said, and, and he said, that's the hardest thing for a drummer to do because the drummers just want to be playing. And I, and I totally understand because there's plenty of times when I would slow down or be doing something simple and you want to just go on a, you know, just on a big old, you know, big thing, but you're just thinking that doesn't fit here. It just, it doesn't sound right to me. So, okay. So that was your number I, two. Go ahead. I, I hate to, you got me on a really interesting topic here. I hate to digress into uh, guitar here a little bit, but I think it almost translates the same way. Whereas what, where I've noticed a lot of guitarists who just want to be Ingve Malmsteen or somebody like that and just yeah. fill a million notes. Desmond and I actually talked about this on an email chain at one point. Uh-huh. And they'll play a million notes, but it's like I don't get any feeling from that. Whereas, mm-hmm. whereas somebody like Dave or you know, there's a couple other guitarists who you who you might not oh, know yeah. the name of. Who uh, I'll I'll throw out Armon from Night Demon for an instance. Mm-hmm. They they play to the feel of the song and they could bend one note for like yeah. ten hours and it would have more feeling than a million right. different notes thrown because there's it fits the song. Oh yeah, I totally yeah, I totally know what you mean. Totally know what you mean there. I agree. I, I totally agree. So, um, but yeah, that, it's the, yeah, it can be the same with guitars. It can be the same with drummers. It's a lot of people. As a person who plays any kind of music ever, uh, I, I mean, I can't play guitar per se. I can you know strum some chords and that's about it. But I imagine that there's a certain part of you that you have this ability, and you it's hard to rein it in. You know, it's hard to. So I, yeah, I definitely understand. I, I know on drums, I, I can definitely relate on drums. So yeah. Um, <laughs> so okay, my number two, my number two, number three is going to be drum roll, please. My number two, number three is going to be Flight of Icarus. <laughs> okay, and, I kind of didn't expect that from you, but I, I, yeah, I'm I, curious. I, yeah. Okay. So here it is. Uh, Flight of Icarus is the very first song consciously that I ever heard by Iron Maiden. I had my argument on the school bus with my friend. He brought me a peace of mind cassette. Listen to this and then tell me what you think. When I pushed play on it, it was on uh, Flight of Icarus. So, and I remember hearing that. And if I, if I heard the other songs before, if I heard Revelations and... and um, um, uh, gosh, again, Where Eagles Dare, I don't recall that. But I remember hearing Flight of Icarus. That's the song that, that, that when I heard it, I realized, hey, I could actually listen to this band. You know, their image, their album cover image is not, you know, totally personifying the music here. And it had fooled me. So, you know, you would think hearing that, that being my gateway song, the classic song, it would, it would be my number one every time. But, uh, Funny enough, it just moved. It just moved uh, down from number three. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I like it. it. It's another song like "Can I Play with Madness," though, where the the the, the vocals on the chorus are so layered, and when they do it live, it just. I'm sorry, but, but um, Bruce and uh, I'm sorry, not Steve and Adrian don't do it justice compared to having Bruce's voice layered God knows how many times on the studio version. So uh, I like it. 
I don't mind this, like say on Live After Death, I don't mind the speed. I don't mind the change in speed. I like it both ways. So, but I just, yeah, it's my number two. So, so I, I'm not sure if I remember them having backing microphones for this song or backing up Bruce. However, there is a version of it. If you look up Bruce Dickinson's solo band where Adrian's playing with him in like 97 in Sao yeah. Paulo. Uh-huh. If you look up this version of Flight of Icarus, there's a couple uh, videos of it on YouTube. Adrian backs him up on vocals, and it's probably one of the best backup backup harmonies really? I've heard I'm from like... the song. He did. It's uh, I uh, I won't try to sing what the, yeah. the backup harmony is, but the drummer's got a double bass on it, and they play it at like just the right tempo. Oh, cool! It's probably the best live version I've ever heard of the song. I'll have to check that out because I, I would love to hear. I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't dislike the song. I mean, it's a, it's it's also the song that when I was driving down the road with my daughter playing it, and all of a sudden she realized they are singing about something I learned about in school today. So that was really cool. You know, when we went to the concert, that's one of the songs that my daughter knows all the words to. So you know, I kind of just kept watching my daughter during the song and seeing her really getting into it. And that was, you know, that was the, that was you know, incredible to see and, and watch, you know, my child. Um, so I love the song. I love it. It's, and it's, it's one of the songs that if you were going to, it worked for me. It's one of those songs that if you were going to go say, pick one song that someone that thinks they would never like Iron Maiden, play it for them. That's a song that would win over just about anybody. So it won you're me either on, you're either on board or you're not with that song. It's exactly what can be said it's iconic for a reason it's one of the ones that you can never get sick of and yeah. it's it's earned its place that one's actually my number one so yeah that's a good fishing song if you're fishing for an iron maiden <laughs> fan play you know th- put that on your hook <laughs> i i'm on the fence if i want them to bring it back to a future set list or not because it's been away so long that i almost don't want them to destroy the novelty of it yeah yeah because then well, it's going to turn Turn into uh, what do you call it? I mean, they played Aces High so many times over recent years, but it's still a fantastic concert opener. Oh yeah, yeah. I would, yeah, I would. I heard. I mean, I wouldn't have, if they never brought it back. It wouldn't have bothered me. Um, but uh, but it was nice to hear it live, and like I said, it was nice for him to play it, and you know, have my daughter get to be excited, and and you know, all that too. So, um, so that's your number one. Uh, my number one. Obviously, as you've probably narrowed it down, is from from your favorite album, which is what I thought. I, I thought for sure there's no way Paul's going to not have Sea of Madness at number one. So when you put it at number three, I was like, "Yeah, okay." So I have a whole theory behind this song because okay, okay, Adrian ha- Adrian has three songwriting credits on Somewhere in Time. He's got Stranger, he's got Wasted Years, and he's got Sea of Madness. Sea of Madness is obviously out of the out of the three. It's my favorite. It's the darkest of the three. Um, if you be in it, it's right behind Wasted, Wasted Years. And Wasted Years, lyrically, is not, you know, lyrically, it's a song of a man who sounds like he is kind of miserable. He doesn't want to be on the road. He wants to go back home. He's just, uh, you know, he's longing for something that he can't have. And he's, he doesn't like that he's longing. He don't, he's almost like, don't waste your time always searching for that, you know. And... 
but musically it's very upbeat. You hear the chorus and you think it's a happy sounding song. Um, it's kind of like in a, in a way it's uh, it's a little similar to Blood Brothers. Blood Brothers has kind of a happy feel to it, but it's it's not as happy of a song as you think. <laughs> um, now, Sea of Madness is a darker sounding song. You know, Wasted Years takes a little bit to kick in, you know, see a madness just immediately, you know, it really kicks in hard. And, um, you know, but the, and lyrically, it's right on the same path. Wasted years out in the night, someone's crying out in the night. The, you know, maybe tonight someone's crying. He's my eye, I see, but I can't believe my heart is heavy as I turn my back and leave. Uh, you know, he to me, he's singing it out. He's, he's sad. He's not happy. So for me, here's, I got two theories here. I've always thought that that was kind of like a sister song to, to uh, Wasted Years. Like, it was almost part one and part two. You know, it was just... And then, the other thing about it was, you go back 30 years, not what we know now, but 30 years ago, I remember when Adrian Smith left Iron Man, and I remember people were kind of, oh, wow, I can't believe he left, and all blah, blah, blah. And I just remember thinking... Well, of course he left. I mean, didn't you ever listen to those songs? He was miserable. This felt like that was almost, you, you, you ever hear a, a Dear John letter? You know, that was kind of Dear John letter to the band. He was kind of saying, look, I'm not happy being here. And I, and I don't know, I haven't read that part of his book. I've heard people kind of say that in his book, he was in a pretty dark place. He was, you know, getting involved with a lot of, he was drinking heavily and things like that. So I haven't read it yet, but to me, those songs right there kind of really showed probably how he felt. Because, you know, they had toured for Power Slave before that. So you think he was writing those songs on the heels of the World Slavery Tour. And which makes even more sense, really, to have that frame of mind. But, yeah, I've always, I've always kind of put those together. I've always, but I love the song. I love the chorus. You know, the like the eagle and the dove, the flight, just the way they the way it sounds so i'll i'll go a step further on that i would almost say you could hear that in the way he's playing the guitar solos too especially in that song okay i i think it's more um i having read the book i almost think it's coming from a place of cabin fever because where it focuses so much on fishing now he uses it as more of you know this is my this is my escape this is my outlet away from you know yeah. yeah, it's a fun job, but it's still a lot of traveling and touring and being being cooped up. I think it's sort of a cabin fever type thing that caused him okay. to write two of these songs. Okay. Either way, they're both great, and uh, that's my number one. And I know that's been my con- – I think that's been my consistent number one. I've had the same number one and the same number five every time, I th- I'm pretty sure. And then my number four – uh, yeah, I've had the same number one, four, and five every time. So my two and three, well, my, no, wait, wait. I think I started out actually with uh, the prisoner at number one. So so it's been two or one since he of madness has. Okay, so we'll skip off here to the uh, reunion era of the band, the six-man, the six-man band. So, and I'll start this one. Um, my number five, number three song from the, Post 2000, six man, Yannick Gers era, Adrian Smith, Dave Murray, Bruce and Steve band. 
Did I name? No, and Nico. And Nico. Uh, my, my, uh, my number five is No More Lies. And we were talking earlier about repetitive courses. Um, that's a repetitive course. I love the way that song sounds on Death on the Road. You know, because Bruce is very powerful in the chorus. But the chorus, normally I recite the lyrics to the chorus to everybody. But, you know, you just... If, if they do it, if they do the chorus eight times, so just imagine, you know, 24 words, <laughs> just hmm. it's only three, wor- three words, and, but they say it a, a ton of times. And I, I don't dislike the song. I don't skip the song, but um, I think it comes across great live, too. But I just the chorus is a little bit of the weak spot for me in that one. OK, I'll go up. To, I'll go up to bat for this song, actually. I'm going to I'm going to have to bring back bring back uh, the bring your daughter argument again because you know how Josh always says oh you know I'm vocally driven and I think a lot of people are when I listen to a song I think this is part of the reason I like somewhere in time so much is because I'm drawn to a lot of the guitars so if you give me an instrumental version of a song that's what I can gravitate toward not not saying that I would ignore the lyrics yeah but my point is like if you take out the lyrics of bring your daughter to the slaughter. It's a fantastic song regardless, <laughs> yeah. even though the lyrics are freaking cheesy uh, with no more lies. I actually remember saying to myself at one point, okay, I can see where someone wouldn't like it because of how repetitive it would be. Um, I think instead of how many times do they repeat no more lies in each course? I think it's like eight or nine times. Maybe if they yeah. kept it down to like, the rule of four, like they usually do. Like anytime you introduce a new line, you usually repeat it about four times. Yeah. And I think they should have, maybe if Martin Birch was there, he would have told, told them this. And I think it would have been a better song for it. However, I really enjoy the guitar work in this song. The three solos are phenomenal. The, that simple part, the do, 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 that part is so cool and it's not my favorite song on on dance of death i still like it a little better than wildest dreams not so much as uh monsager or even passiondale for that matter but it's nowhere near the weakest song on the album and that's the album that got me into maiden um fun fact i i've heard theories that this song is actually about the last supper really yeah. Yeah. Like there never, uh never heard that. <laughs> maybe I'll come back some other day to live again, just who can say in yeah. what shape or form that I might be. And I think maybe it's eleven times. Maybe it's eleven or twelve times that they repeat the chorus. And I think my friend told me one chorus for each disciple. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, that's a cool way of looking at it. That's an interesting theory for sure. That's a very interesting theory. It's now, and like I said, I don't, I don't dislike the song. I, I really do, like, like I mean, I love it. It's great on Death on the Road. You know, when he's doing the chorus, and he'll sing No More Lies a couple times. Then he'll get the crowd to do it a couple times, and I love. I think it sounds great. I just, it's just um, compared to the other four songs that we're gonna go against here. I don't ever skip it when I listen to that album. So. Okay, um, here's where I'm going to get down on a song for you. My number five is uh, Mother of Mercy from Final oh. Frontier. 
This is a chorus that it's not one of the repeats the same three words a million times. Yeah. But I don't like the way he's, he sings it. I don't like that weird note that he hits the mother of mercy and where Nesbitt and Josh pointed out that strange edit. Yeah, that they did the, the studio. Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of kills the song for me because Maiden pride themselves on you know not doing a whole lot of processed stuff, but sure, it it, it kind of brings the song down for me a little bit. And they just it feels almost like a reject song for Matter of Life and Death because it's talking about you know the horrors of war again, which yeah, you just did an entire album about this. So no, 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 that was before. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. That is on Final Frontier. I was thinking. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, but yeah, that's <laughs> that's sort of why it's my number five. I don't, although okay. uh, in defense of it, I do really enjoy the um, the really there's a really cool guitar part in it where right before the drums kick in the that is a really cool unique guitar part. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll have to. Uh... I'm not going to come to the defense of that song just yet. I'll wait till it hits mine, till it pops up on mine. But uh, okay, so number four. I think I know what your number one is, but I'll, I'll wait to guess. Yeah, it's not a it's not a really hard guess, but uh, <laughs> yeah, um, my number four has been really uh, kind of freaking people out. I think I'm let me I'm going to think real fast of the of the of these songs here. You got Brave New World. You got No More Lies. You got Brighter than a thousand suns, mother of. Okay, my number four. I just can't. I can't adjust this. My number four is uh is is a it's Trump in a it's, it's called. <laughs> I can tell I'm going to get the same reaction from you. <laughs> Brave new world is my number four. Um. Ooh, okay, we're going to disagree I, on this quite a bit. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I've already I've had this disagreement with some people already. I and I'm not saying I don't like the song. It's a great song, but to me, I prefer the other three songs to it and it's you know, there was a time when this was my favorite song from Brave New World. And Okay. But I just it just doesn't I you know, I, I okay, I'll be honest. When I did this, when I, when I started, you know, talking to people and saying, let's do the number three, it was very much on the fly. I have yet, I've only listened to all of these songs one time in the past week or so that since I've been doing this. And I don't, I mean, I, I, I'm hard pressed to kind of try to remember all the guitar solos and things like that. I mean, I know it's a great live song, you know, um, but it's, you know, it's just where I it's where it sits for me right now. So, OK, I'll I'll dive deeper into that one when I get to it, because it's a little higher for me. Um, yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's uh, number four. What is your number four? My number four is the great unknown. OK, OK. Yeah, I I almost wanted to put it above No More Lies because I do think it has a better chorus, but I think going back to my going back to my roots of you know sticking to the guitar parts on something, um I enjoy 
I enjoy um, you know, some of the guitar parts on on No More Lies a little more. I think I've already defended that one enough. Um uh, Great Unknown has a really cool intro. I love the uh the how the vocals kind of lock in with the guitars the do dun 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 da da yeah in the selfish oh, yeah. hearts of some it's a great it's a great uh subject matter uh kind of ties in with it feels like it does tie in with the, the the whole book of souls mayan theme about you know the loss of a civilization and i'm not sure. as sure as to what exactly the song deals with but it sounds like it's it's some kind of you know unknown time that you're about to go into that you're about to face sure sure yeah i I can understand it's a good song i definitely like it um so for me my number three is going to be and this is making a little bit of a my list is definitely different i can't remember where everything fell at, at, at each time i've i've had the same Number one and the same number five on all of these lists. I think everything else has shifted in the middle. Um, but my number three is going to be Mother of Mercy. Um, okay. I, love, I love the song. I love songs about war. Um, that's why probably, you know, one, that's one reason about that A Matter of Life and Death is my favorite album. It's just, it's so war intensive and lyrically it's so strong. And that song, like you said, I, I, I never have thought about it like that, but that's probably, it's a possibility that could have been written for that album. And because the lyrics, like to me, when I listen to the, the lyrics, make a big impact on me when I listen to that song, because they sound like they could really be coming from the mindset of a soldier in a war. You know, I don't know what I'm fighting, who it is or what I'm fighting for. You, you figure that every soldier probably, depending on, you know, the circumstances probably goes through that. And I feel like they sell it very well. Um, I love the song. You know, uh, James from New Zealand, when I talked to him about this, he would, he, he pointed that out about the chorus, about what you said, about how it sounded like the kind of, he said, because you can hear him saying, mother of mercy. He said, and before he's done, you hear him, the angel of come in. So it's like, you know, that it wasn't him singing and and then they just cut and pasted. And that was a turnoff for him. And I've had uh, somebody else say that as well. Uh, Even though I know that it really doesn't bother me. I just, I love that song. Uh, It's moved. It's made the move down from number four, maybe because it was my number two for a good bit, but this is really strange to me how my songs keep moving around. But, um, uh, you know, Hopefully that'll just show every, anyone that listens to my podcast that I'm not the most stable person. <laughs> <laughs> you'll oh, have man. to you'll have to do the same in a couple of months with like a track five or it's gonna be hard yeah. for or closing yeah. track or something. Yeah, I kind of like doing the. I, I thought it was a good idea for the middle, like some something in the middle. And I was listening to um, a one one day last week. Um, I started this new you know shift at my job that I told you about and. I've got a lot of driving time. So one night I left and I turned on, I turned on brave new world. And once it was off, I turned on uh, dance of death and I turned on matter of life and death. And I turned on um, final frontier. And I got at some point I got to where I was going and then I was leaving and I started listening to book of souls and I got about halfway through it and somebody called me and I, so I didn't finish it 
at that point. But when I was somewhere, I was listening to one of those songs and I was trying to keep track of the, of the numbers of the songs. And I started for some reason thinking, Hey, there's a lot of good number threes here. That'd be kind of fun <laughs> to rank them and just see. And then it just, cause I was supposed to talk to a guy just, I was just going to call somebody and he had said, well, do you want to record it for your podcast or just, are we just going to chat? And I said, well, we'll just chat. And then I thought, well, maybe we can talk for the podcast. And, um, I was trying to think of a subject. And then, like I said, when I was listening to that stuff, that's, it hit me. I was like, that'd be a good, that would be an interesting topic to talk about. I've never heard anyone, you know, like on talking maiden, I've heard him do the best openers, the best closers, but I thought, is this just a random track in the middle? And so, yeah, you got, you could really do, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's at least six, you know, without doing an opening or a closing track. So I had something, do it again. I had something weird last night. I was thinking, cause I was like, I knew I was going to talk to you today. And for yeah. some reason I couldn't sleep last night. And I was just randomly thinking of main songs that had the word death in the title. And then I just <laughs> yeah. fell asleep. You know, your average person counts sheep. I think a Maiden fan falls asleep counting Maiden songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, funny enough, this is this is an interesting idea that I that I had for an episode. Well, I shouldn't say me. Um, uh, if you've listened to many of my episodes, you've definitely you definitely know who the Weekend Warrior is. And um, one day he sent me a message, and he goes, he sent me a list, like a list that he had come up with, and I'm trying to remember what it was, but when he sent me that list and I thought, you know, what would be a cool topic for a show would be, I, I thought maybe I could just reach out to a bunch of people and say, come up with the most interesting list for Iron Maiden that you can and send it to me. And we're going to, and, and I, and I figured because Andrew was the one that gave me the idea, I thought I would bring him on the show with me and we would go over all of these different lists that people sent in. And, and of course, when I thought of lists, I just thought of you, too, because I thought that time that we talked before, and I was like, man, he had a bunch of lists. He was like, wait a minute. I got my best list for this, and I got this my dream set list for this game. I was just like. Oh, I, I, didn't thought, share, I didn't share that with you last time. I shared my Made in England set list that I wish they'd yeah. played. <laughs> when we're like, done with I, this, before I, before I jump off, I'll share my dream set list with you. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I thought to myself, I bet that you would come up with a really good list. I thought if, if – because I thought, I know people would be sending in, you know, some lists would be kind of like, oh, this is my top 10, whatever, album covers. or. But I thought, I really, his, I can't, I'm trying to think of what it was. He, uh, Rhyme of the, I'm trying to think, because Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner was one of the songs that was in his list. Um, of Maybe it was songs that had of the in the title. I can't remember. Uh, no, no, no. I, man, I can't remember what it was. I remember that was on the list, though. But, uh. So yeah, I, I thought that'd be a fun idea, and um, and I thought I would give the honor to uh, Andrew because he was the one that said, you know, he mentioned something about that, and then he sent me that list, and I was like, oh wow, that's a weird list. I never would have ever thought of anything like that. My mind is a little more, you know, I'm kind of of the oh, well, let me give you a top ten album covers, or uh, but I did come up with a uh, ranking the number three, so that's kind of interesting, right? <laughs> yeah. You've got me spitballing here. Now that I was yeah. thinking of the night, top 10 main songs with death in the title or top that'd, 20 that are about death in general. <laughs> that'd be a good, I think that would be a very interesting list. Uh, maybe that'd be something we could do at some point. That'd be fun. Um, yeah. I'll have, then I'll have to 
waste time at work writing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, okay, so let's see. We got down to you just gave me your. Three. Okay. Oh no, I gave you four. You gave me your three, which was Mother of Mercy. Okay, so your number three is. No more lies. No more lies. Okay. Okay. And it, I think I already went on defend defending it as to why I love the why I love the song so much. It it's it's kind of a nice come down from the two punchy singles at the beginning, and yeah. it it leads great into Monsiger when it kind of winds down there, and then oh, Monsiger yeah, yeah. bang hits you with a with a great song. I think that might be their heaviest song actually. It's very heavy. Uh, yeah, I don't think I could say more about No More Lies. So, uh, number two for okay. you. Okay. Number two for me, and I'm sure you probably already you already know what my number one is, you said. So, I'm going to... My number two here is going to be The Great Unknown. And... Okay. <laughs> I think The Great Unknown started at number four for me, possibly. Um, it's worked its way down the more I've really thought about it and kind of talked myself through it a little bit, but... Um, some people didn't get to see the great unknown on the book of souls. They got to hear tears of a clown, which I feel sorry for them because I think the great unknown is a lot better song. I think, you know, tears of a clown and man of sorrows kind of dragged the album down, but we're not here to talk about that. I just, I I like to throw that dig in because I know there's a certain person that'll hate it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was one of the people at the tears of the clown one just because I wanted to see just because I wanted to see, you know, oh, Bruce is back from cancer. But I was yeah. like, oh, it's the same set list. And then they played Great Unknown. I was like, oh, I should have had more patience, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was good. I mean, I, I was glad to hear it live. It sounds good live. You know, the, the, you know, the lyrics, you know, the way it starts off kind of mellow. And then when it kicks in, he sounds good. Then it goes into that, uh, that pre-chorus where he's, you know, I, I may not. I don't know if I know the words 100 percent right, but it's like it's like where the fools are lying and the meek are crying and all that, you know. And then it yeah. goes into the the chorus part where it's you know never ending the all desires fools. of man and all that stuff. Oh man, it just that and, and there's just so many great you know dual guitar lines in there and so many musical parts that go along in there, which is just like everything else on Book of Souls. Um, it's a great it's a great great song. I'm really sh- shocked that it's actually moved up for me this much because. There was a time when I was saying that I thought Book of Souls was the weakest album from the post-2000s, and I don't think I feel that way anymore. So uh, that's my explanation for The Great Unknown. What about you? What is your number two? Um, you and I are flipped on two and four, actually. My number two is Brave New okay. World. Okay, okay. Uh, and- this song, I, um, I've never... I've never dis disliked it in any way. I've never really gotten sick of it. Um, It's, it's a perfectly paced song. It's perfect, perfect length guitar wise. um, This and ghost of the navigator have beautiful, beautiful intros, but I think what clinches this for me is such a great song is, uh, not only the, the subject matter, which I think obviously is loosely based on the book, yeah. Um the middle section that's that's uh right after both solos where it goes uh dun 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 it's it's such a simple guitar line, but it uh-huh. really adds so much to the song. I don't know if that one thing is enough to to convince you of why it's so good for me, but 
listen to the listen to the version on Rock and Rio. That's probably the the definitive oh, yeah. because of I don't know what effect is on their their clean channel, but especially on Dave's guitar, it sounds like it sounds like they're playing water for some reason. And when they play that, it's just it just comes off really well live. And then you have the sea of two hundred fifty thousand people. Yeah, yeah. Goosebump inducing. You know, I'm 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 sitting here kind of going through the song as you're as you're uh, talking a little bit, and I'm, you know, there's that that part where you know they're singing the verses, and I'm the part I got to where it really where he's like dying to tell you the truth. You were planned, and you are damned in this brave new world. That goes into the chorus, and I'm like, sitting here thinking, yeah, I might have ranked that a little too low. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. But, uh, that, I'll count that as a win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, it's I guess because when I'm thinking of the song, like just in a real quick instance, thinking of Brave New World, all I'm really thinking of is a brave new world in a brave, you know, just over and over and over, and it's kind of that. Just you know, kind of like even pace and all that. It's, but the I think the, I much prefer the the quicker paced parts of the song. But yeah, it's, I mean, like I said, I don't I I don't hate the song. I don't skip the song. Um, yeah, I probably should have probably should have put it up to a. <laughs> it, 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 you know what? It it, it may it, it may even end up on it may end up number two on some of my lists. I can't even remember at this point <laughs> anymore. But I uh, think. I would agree that it is repetitive and that's the only real weak point of the song, but it, yeah. uh, it's not as bi- it's not as long or repetitive as no more lies. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And, and like I said, I like all the songs. I like all of these songs that we're talking about. It's picking. That's one thought. That's one thing I thought was good about doing a number three, because there's really not a weak number. I mean, if I was going to say there was a weak number three out of all 10 of these number threes, I would say "Can I Play with Madness" is the weakest one, and that's not a weak song. It's a, it's a good song, you know, and and so to say that's the weakest. I mean, if you were taking your f- ten favorite Iron Maiden songs, no matter what, well, no matter what your number one is, no matter what your number ten is, you're obviously saying that your number ten is not as favorable to you as your number one. So you know, it's it's just. It, but I always, it's it's weird to even say, oh, I like this one better, <laughs> for some reason. But which leads us to number one on this list, which it sounds like I'm I 100% think we agree. sure we agree <laughs> on our number one. So why don't you tell me and everybody else what our number one song is? I believe our number three song, our number one number three song is "Brighter Than a Thousand Suns" from "Matter wow, of Life Matter. and Death." Yes. Such an incredible, incredible song. I mean, um, if you yes. go and listen, if you go listen to the Talking Maiden episode, uh, where they the two episodes where they talked about that album, I think they said it's eight minutes and forty four seconds long. I listened to it just last week. Eight minutes and forty four seconds long. The song feels like it's about four minutes long. It's just, it's just. Yeah. You don't you don't ever feel like. You're not ever looking at the clock going, okay, oh, oh, there's only, good, there's only two more minutes left. You know, it, it's just, it's so, it, it starts off good, it, 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 you know, when it goes into the main verses, the chorus is, there's not a weak part of the song. It's some, you know, okay, I know, uh, listening to that, Nesbitt said his favorite song was The Longest Day from that album, and, and I have always, eh, the, the, the chorus of that song just always kind of, 
is a little bit of a downer. You know, how long on this long? It's, it's a great song other than, you know, and even that part, I, I don't hate it. But, the you know, the like the chorus on Brighter Than a, a Thousand Suns, I mean, it doesn't lag in any way. It's just that song is incredible. That's the song that when I was listening to it, I just thought, Man, doing a doing a listing of the number threes would be really good because this song, man, this song kills. <laughs> this song is so incredible. Yeah. I think earlier in the day yesterday when I thought maybe I think Brave New World might be my favorite, but no, that's my favorite album of the new ones. But if I'm going down the line because they both have ten tracks, Brave New World and Matter of Life and Death, respectively. I prefer Wick. I prefer Wicker Man. I prefer Ghost of the Navigator. And then I get to these two, and I'm like, "Yeah, Brighter Than a Thousand Suns is is perfect song. It's uh, it's uh, got a lot of similar parts to it, but mm-hmm. the lyrics and the it's it's so poetic. It's so yeah. atmospheric. I was actually just listening to the live Stockholm. Uh, version of it uh-huh. uh, it only has like the the 10 songs of when they played the album live in uh, Sweden but it oh man live it comes off so well and I I only have like faint memories of of seeing the whole album live but yeah when you uh <laughs> when you get to the core to the not the chorus the the verses in the song where it's Shadow fingers rise above, iron fingers stab the desert sky. Where I think where he's like kind of raising his notes and then lowering, I think it it almost evokes the imagery of a a bomb or a missile rising and falling. The way he's the way he's singing it. I just thought about that. I'm like, yeah, they must have consciously thought about this somehow when they were writing it because it comes off amazingly. Okay, you're a guitar player, so do you, I'm trying to think of when you said that. Is there a guitar mimicking his vocals in the behind him too when he's doing that? You know, because you know, there's a lot of think times where they'll do that, where they'll have the a line playing with them. Is there one playing behind no, him? I can't... It's, no, in this song, it's all independent because it keeps that through even throughout the heavy parts. It keeps the it keeps that going. But it keeps, you know, the bass chords under the, uh, in between the verses where the da 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 Oh, man. It sounds like, so it sounds killer. dangerous for yeah. boating. I can't throw enough adjectives at this song. It is, yeah, that's, so- oh, gosh, man, that is, you know, just, uh, you know, what? there's a part where, you know, because the chorus, he's just like, out of the darkness and then he comes back in he's like out of the darkness and then he just totally like goes bright as that and he just and everything kicks back in oh Oh, man that song is i did a uh (laughs) i posted you know i do a lot on twitter for my that's pretty much where i interact at all on for my podcast and i did a (laughs) i did a post on twitter like one day a week ago or so and i just said I feel sorry for anyone that does not like this album. <laughs> just, oh man, that is so. And that song, man, I, I've always, I've been saying the legacy is my favorite song on the album, but it could easily be brighter. It could easily be brighter than a thousand suns. So, 
I say yeah. three way tie between Brighter, Legacy, and Longest Day. Yeah, I don't know if maybe Longest even for, hit- maybe even for the greater good of God, but yeah, that one I I get a lot of repetitive guitar parts on, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. stick to those original three. Yeah. It's, okay. Man. Before I go, before I go, I have to share my dream set list with you. Dream set list. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, so this is this is a career spanning dream. Is it what? Is there a certain time frame that this set list takes place, or is it just career spanning? Um, there's a. It's kind of geared more toward a little bit towards somewhere in time, but it is career spanning. Okay. Um. I I put a lot of thought into it because I made it. I originally made it before I saw Legacy of the Beast, so I had Klansman and Sign of the Cross at one point, but then I'm like, and I think Flight of Icarus, but then I said to myself, okay, I'm going to see, I'm going to see these live. It has yeah. to be, the majority of it is stuff that I have not seen live, save for, okay. save for like one or two staples. So I'll try yeah. to explain my way as I go. So you obviously open with Dr. Doctor. Sure. And then, as I said, somewhere in time themed, you would have the Blade Runner theme playing to okay. intro the concert. Then you would open with obviously caught somewhere in time. Okay. From okay. there goes into Ghost of the Navigator, which I actually only recently added, but I realized how much I love this song. Yeah. Um, then Monsiger. Oh, yeah. And then for a little underrepresentation of Made in England, Still Life, Straight Into Infinite Dreams, which were right next to each other on that set list, too. Okay. Then jumping ahead a little bit, going into The Mercenary. Mercenary if they could okay. pull it off, uh, Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. Yeah, I think Killers. they cut that. They cut that on the actual tour because I think Bruce struggled with it, right? It sounds like it in time. that like in that bootleg you hear. It almost sounds like one of the guitars comes in a little late, and I think if they yeah. practice that a little more, they might be able to pull it off. But I'd love to hear oh, them try it again. Oh yeah, me too. And then Killers, because I think that's the, I think of the Paul songs, Bruce sings that one the best. Okay. The Red and the Black. Hmm. Okay. Stranger in a Strange Land. Dream okay. of Beers, 22 Acacia Avenue. I One song off of Beast that that I had on there because I was like, I've never, I've never heard this one live, uh, aside from yeah. the Live After Death version, which is the one I have on here. But the last time yeah. they played it was in like 2003 as well. Um, okay. Face in the Sand. Oh, yeah. I have heard this one before, but I can't see a reason for it to ever leave my set list. Phantom of the Opera, and then Iron Maiden. Oh, yeah. And then this is going to be kind of a okay. long list, but I base it around the fact that they did almost 20 songs at live at Donington. <laughs> the encore would be five songs. <laughs> Start with Moonchild, like from Flight oh, yeah. 666, where he plays the yeah. guitar intro instead of the keyboards. The Talisman. Ooh, yeah. Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter. Okay. Alexander the Great. And End with Running Free. 
Oh wow! Okay, okay. Interesting. That's an interesting set list. That's an interesting set list. So, it's a there's a few they probably want to hear out of there. But you know, hey, it, that's not a bad set list by any means. I mean, you got you got Montsegur in there. You got uh, um, um, oh shoot, what was your second song? Ghost, on, Ghost of the Navigator. On your uh, encore. No, oh, on the encore. Like, what was your and the encore talisman? Tal- yeah, you got talisman in there. Uh, yeah, you got some. Lone- I'd love to hear loneliness of the long. I love that song. There's so many great musical interludes in it. Um, but yeah, well, that's cool, man. Um, and I know, I know you got to run, and uh, I don't want to keep you forever. And I know that we've been probably talking here for an hour. Yeah. So uh, I know we said it'd be short, and we end up talking for two hours. But it was, it's, it's always it's fun. Good man. It's fun. To- it's always fun to talk maiden. You know, it's always. Uh, uh, I like I I love to talk maiden just and just uh, hit you know because you can hit all over in different subjects and then it's fun I do but I appreciate you taking the time and and uh, coming on and talking and everything because like I said this is this is an interesting um, thing and if I if I do it again I'll definitely let you know because I know you like to put you put a lot you're you're good because you put a lot of thought into things uh, you come prepared you're not you're not like uh, I, I kind of flew, you know, I kind of life, you know, but you know, that's I'm trying to bring different people's perspectives. And, and like I said, you come in with a, uh, that's one thing that a lot of people said about when you were on my episode is they said, man, that guy came prepared. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't playing around. I said, I know. <laughs> oh, real quick. One other thing. Um, did you hear the episode? My most recent one that came out with that guy, Andy, who lives in uh, Scotland. I think I did. Yeah. Yeah, I just listened okay. to it the other day after your Aussie episode. Did you? Okay, if if you if you did, you'll absolutely know what I'm talking about. But I wanted to hear what you thought. Did you hear about how many times he saw the Somewhere in Time tour? <laughs> yeah, I think I, I I think I said something out loud that I sh- I shouldn't, <laughs> but I was like, "Good on you, good on oh, you." <laughs> oh man! I, when he said that, I was just like. Because if there's if there's two tours that I if there's two tours I could go back or say three tours I could go back and see, I would want to go see A Matter of Life and Death, the full album. I would want to go see Somewhere in Time, and I would want to go see uh, probably Number of the Beast. And of course, if I if I got to add an extra one, I'd want to go see probably the Killers tour just to see. Well, you know what? I don't know. Maybe I'd want to go see the original with Dennis Stratton. But either way, going to see the Somewhere in Time show. What, so five nights in a row, I was like, holy crap, dude. <laughs> Incredible. I'll take, so I'll take three. I'll take, if there, I could go back and see three, I'll take Somewhere in Time, Peace of Mind, okay. and Brave New World. Right. Yeah. See, I saw that tour, but I, I would love to go back and see that one as well. I, you know what? I would love to go see the man. There's so many. I'd love to go see the Final Frontier, like what they did on the In Vivo show. I would love to see that tour. That was that's a phenomenal set too. So, absolutely. But well, yeah, man. I'll let you off here, and um, next time I do it, I'll I'll definitely hit you up. Yeah, and I look forward to hearing what everyone else has to say on this. So drive yeah, safe, exactly. and hey, uh, have a good night. Yeah, same here. Take care. Yeah, until the next time. Yes, sir. Have a good one. You too. Bye. All right, bye. Well, there you have it. If you disagree with any of our lists, that's your problem. (laughs) Seriously. 
Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. And on behalf of myself, Alejandra, Paul, from Iron Maiden, from Eddie, and from the boys. Things in life are bad They can really make you mad Other things just make you swear and curse When you're chewing on life's gristle That grumble, give a whistle And this'll help things turn out for the best And always look on the bright side of life Always look on the light side of life If life seems jolly rotten There's something you've forgotten And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing When you're feeling in the dumps Don't be silly chumps Just purse your lips and whistle That's the thing Always look on the bright side of life You must always face the curtain with a bow. Forget about your seat, give the audience a grin. Enjoy it, it's your last chance anyhow. So always look on the bright side.